Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. Mr. Malukas is here. How's everybody doing on this lovely Monday afternoon? Doing pretty well. It's like fall here in Virginia right now, so leaves are starting to change. And But it's still like nice temperature out. Yesterday it felt like winter, but temperature's back up, so I'm enjoying it. But off-season, I'm already tired of it, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, I can I can agree on that. Um, I am uh, this you know I've been seeing a lot of friends and family this off season, but I'm not gonna lie, I've already gone through all of them, so I'm ready <laughs> to, to get back on the on the road. And uh, man, it's yeah, it's gonna be a long off season here, but yeah, doing very good. It is very cold all of a sudden these past two days here in Chicago. Um, but on other news, yes, about it. Same. I have nothing exciting to add to that other than I'll be in Chicago on Friday. So, oh yeah. wow! I will. I will. Maybe I don't know because I am going to the Sebring test, so I don't know if I when, will. Speak when are you guys testing? We'll just dive right into it. When are you... I'm oh, okay. not testing. I'm not testing. I'm just going to go okay. there for the test. So I'm going to be there Wednesday and okay. Thursday. I guess you can't say who is testing, can you? Is that a secret? I don't know. I may. I don't know. When is this episode coming out? <laughs> uh, it'll be out Thursday. Oh, well then I can say. Yeah, it, right? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna release okay. it before that. Yeah, yeah, cool. So I'm going there because Frost will okay. be testing, um, and also Armstrong is going to be testing for nice. Dale Quinn Racing. Cool. So. What have you been up to this off season? Anything exciting so far? I know just hanging out with friends and family. Any vacations or anything fun or just keeping it local so i haven't so i've gone to to um alabama uh to visit friends and after like uh laguna i went down to san diego so i have been like traveling within the u.s but i am planning a vacation to go to england since i have so many friends there because when like when i was around like 15 14 years old i lived there and that's kind of when i was doing like go-karting so i have a lot of friends there so i think it's going to be fun i'm going to bring my sister i think she's uh it's been a while since she's been there so it's gonna be a cool little trip i'm trying to get together a couple people but yeah that's going to be like end of november kind of around thanksgiving nice all right so let's dive into some other questions i'm curious for for your thoughts on you know, HMD Indy Lights next year is going to be eight cars. I think there's been, are we up to six now with Kiffin announced today? Yeah. So six of the eight. So I know when when you were still in Indy Lights, which obviously wasn't that long ago, there was what four, three, four. Yeah, when I was at yeah. HMD, yeah, I think it was, I think it was between three and four throughout the is, season. Is eight as a driver? overwhelming or is it you're just kind of in your own bubble and you don't i I think it's going to be more on like the the team perspective of everybody kind of staying on a on a game plan throughout practice sessions and not going too far off route Um, but as a driver i mean you're kind of part of your own crew Um, and it's actually very helpful having multiple drivers because you can talk to all of them and see what setups they did you guys can actually work together try different things because you only have like one or two practice sessions in the weekend so you can kind of use that information to to come up with a better car for qualifying but eight is going to be so much and i don't know but we got like there's a new new place that they're that they have down at indy that is going to be huge and they're 
And I just know even more juicy stuff that I so wish I could say, but I can't. <laughs> but it's like, you're, you're, <laughs> it's going to be stuff that you're going to be like, man. And I thought it was crazy before. Like, it's, just, it's just, there's so many I things. I love it. Well, I can't wait until we can all talk about it. But I guess kind of, I'll turn it over to Frenchie for, for a question in a second here. But when you are, you know, managing eight drivers and, and you know, I'm sure the kind of general management team hasn't changed too much from a month ago till today. So, you know, can the HMD management crew easily manage eight drivers? Is there any challenges to managing so many drivers that I'm not thinking of? Well, uh, I mean, it hasn't been done yet, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's going it, to... I think, you know, I even from my end, I was like, well, you know, that is, that is a lot of drivers. So... I, but I talk with them, and the plans that they have going are actually seem very clean and organized. So I don't know. I think it's actually going to be pretty well, and I think we're going to surprise some people for next year. Do you think that there is the possibility for there to be some, I don't know, clashing personalities or maybe a little bit more tension given eight drivers? Or is it just like you want to beat your teammates regardless and it doesn't matter how many of them there are? uh yeah i mean probably <laughs> i yeah you know i don't know there's so many so many different things that could happen and there's a lot of having that many drivers on a team as well just increases the chances of having more action from team to team on track so it just creates more drama and so maybe there could be more conflict going so i don't know maybe i should tell the management team to like get a show going yeah. um just just in case yeah. because you know there's maybe gonna be a lot of action happening all right, let's let's move. Let's talk some IndyCar before we kind of just transition and talk about your 2022 kind of a look back. But one of your former teammates is joining you in IndyCar next year at AJ Foyt Racing and Ben Peterson. So, you know, not a lot of people kind of follow Indy Lights, unfortunately. So, what can you tell the world about Ben Peterson that maybe some fans who don't follow the road to Indy should know about? Well, Ben is uh, very determined. I So I met Ben in the FR season. I remember we did a few races with him there, and, and at that point he was with Global, and then he went on board with us in Indy Lights, and I think he did two years. And by the end of his first year, I mean, he was becoming like a, a, like a, a main competitor, uh, which is very impressive for a first year. You know, I feel like with Indy Lights, it's such a special characteristic. It really takes two years to really master it. Uh, my first year was, you know... Very different from the second year, and he managed to to be, I mean, like one of the the front runners by the end of the first season. So then, going into the second season, you know, unfortunately, I couldn't pay too much attention as I was doing my own deal. But I do know he's he's very good, and he puts so much effort into into racing. I mean, he anything he does has some sort of connection to trying to make sure he gets better on track. And I haven't met anybody with that much determination. He is. Uh, He's he definitely deserves a seat in some some way or form because he he cares about it that much and he puts like a hundred and ten percent all the time. Crunchy, what's he like technically? Like, is he very technically minded? Because I feel like AJ Foyt and not to like you know be rude about them or anything, but they're a little bit behind. I, th- I would think technically they need some work on the engineering side. So, do you think that's a good fit for them? Like, he can take them up the grid a little bit with his abilities. Yeah, I think so. You know, he spent uh, this past season, uh, he went to, I mean, 
like all the IndyCar races, and he he was with the AJ Foyt guys almost every single time. So I'm pretty sure they've already talked and probably advanced in some sort of way on how things work. So I think once he are, actually gets in the seat, he'll kind of have a bit of a head start. Um, but yeah, I, I'm from what I remember, I remember them being pretty technical. Um, the way he he also worked with his his father, I remember they all kind of were very. Uh, I you could say on the technical side. So I, I'm not too sure how that's gonna work with the Foyt guys because I don't really know much what's going on on their end but either or i think it's going to be a good fit i don't know if you've crossed paths with him racing wise i'm i mean i'm sure you have but i guess kind of the other road to indie rumor right now is stingray rob has multiple offers of sorts to join indycar don't really know what that means but what are your thoughts on stingray potentially adding to the indycar rookie class next year I did, I mean, in the Road to Indie series, I think we, if I remember, I think we did an Indie Pro season together, maybe, or a couple races, maybe intertwined, Uh, but I do know we did the the one Indie Light season, Uh, but I mean, he, honestly, uh, he seems to, once he gets on his second year, he seems to become like a very good competitor, I mean, if that's from Indie Pro or Indie Lights, I mean, his second year has always been, he's been right there up at the top, so, I mean... I think it's going to be a great addition to the rookie class if he gets a seat. Uh, but there's just uh, the list is uh, very long for trying to find a seat, which uh, makes me feel grateful <laughs> that I managed to find one last year and kind of secured a, a spot in the rotation. But looking now that there's, uh, I mean, in 24, it seems like there's a few openings, but like right now the list is, uh, oof, yeah, I've, I've spoke with uh, Lundquist yeah. a little bit about the whole scenario. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very tight for sure. It feels like there's a lot of talented names for a few seats, and I guess it's probably just all coming down to budget, which kind of sucks, but it is what it is, I guess. So I guess kind of, you know, we'll transition a little bit here for however long this takes and kind of look back on your 2022, and since this is the first time we've talked since after Gateway, so if you were to rate your 2022 season let's let's go back to school we'll go a through f where would you rate your kind of season as a whole a through f oh man i already had like numbers getting <laughs> getting going in my head and now you hit me with yeah the, I, had to, the I had to uh, i had to squeak something in there uh, I would say like a, a B minus or a C plus would be my rating. And it would mainly just be going into like two splits. Like I'd say the first half of the season was nothing but F's and D's. And then the second half uh, managed to get some ba- some B's and then maybe an A in sure. there, you know, like got, got a little bit better. Uh, and I think them two mixing together would probably be that C plus B minus area. Uh, definitely could have gone better with what I wanted it to, to be in the beginning, but the ending honestly was kind of much better than I was expecting. So I think they kind of balanced out to roughly what I was wanting for a first season. So given that, what kind of expectations, I guess you can't really talk about expectations for next season because you don't know until you've tested some, but what are your goals for next season i would say do you have anything in mind particularly or is that sort of something you don't think about in the off season and you wait until you get back at the car no the goals are already already coming and, and going uh i would for for next year it'd be trying to get consistent top 10 performances uh consistency is going to be the number one goal because um, i feel like that was my biggest error this last season was just being very inconsistent going up and down up and down 
So I'd rather want to have much more consistent finishes. I would like, you know, around the, the top 10 area, just like kind of there. Uh, but I feel like we, we can actually accomplish that this, this next season since we're starting with a car that I already know I liked when this season was trying to figure out what I wanted and what I liked and trying to go off of previous setups that they had from Grosjean or Jones. But now I have my own little formation that I like that we kind of figured out kind of around, I'd say, when Detroit came around. And so now we can, and we've been adding on to it. So now we can start with that going into the next season and continue adding on to it. Also, this offseason, we're doing a lot of different things from uh, pit crew guys to my connection with Ross. We're trying so many different things. So I think going into next season and me just being a driver, I kind of know how an IndyCar drives now, and I don't do as stupid things. I still sometimes, but <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of roughly know now, like, you know, how to drive like a professional-ish side thing but uh you know going into next season consistency that's gonna be number one goal and i think we can do it i think we can do it is there one i don't know moment or race that you look back on from last year and you're like shit i if i did something differently the result would have been totally different uh long beach like 100 <laughs> percent. long beach was like a disaster for me i i remember it and i wish i i could just erase it it was uh it was just Error after that, error. Was that the one that you got a penalty on pit lane for something? The blend line at the end. Yes. Yeah. There was. There was. A, we had some like. So that race we had. Uh, it actually started off okay, yeah. and then we did the first pit stop. Uh, coming out of that first pit stop had a belt issue, so then we had a pit fix the belts and when i went back out i crossed the the pit outline like too much and so then i had a drive-through penalty so i've already gone through the pits three times <laughs> within like i don't know how many laps so now i'm like lap down like two laps it's just so bad i remember i was like two laps down at one point um and then then the yellow flag came out at towards the end and with like two laps to go i was like man i just need to finish i ended up getting into a collision with johnson and then i was like okay this is the five part <laughs> it, it was just such a bad race like Man, it was just really a disaster. Was that one of your least favorite racing weekends Like that you can remember, whether it be IndyCar or Road to Indy or karting or whatever? Yeah, that one was 100% one of the worst, uh, which is quite unfortunate because yeah. the track was actually quite cool, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, for first-time experience, yeah, that was uh, ouch. It was bad. It was really bad, especially because it was also the beginning of the season, and it was coming after St. Pete, which we had, a you know, we just ended up crashing on my first race. So, like, the be- it was just going, like, so bad. I was like, wow, this is just nothing's really clicking, and I'm just having a bit of a disaster here. So, yeah, it was very tough to stay, like, mentally just stay motivated and to, like, keep going into the next race being like, this is fine. This is just, it's not normal. So, oof, yeah, bad time. On the flip side of that, let's talk about a little positive stuff. Um, how was, like, what result do you think was maybe a sleeper? Obviously, you've had a couple of standout results that I think are obvious during the season, but is there a performance you think that went under the radar, like one that went really well, but maybe the result didn't reflect how well you felt you drive or drove? I would say um, Iowa race two I thought was very, very good. Um, I remember the first race didn't really go as as planned the the setup wasn't really there and i think from what ross and the team managed to do overnight made the car like perfect going into race two and i remember we made so many passes and it was an amazing race like i remember 
it was just consistently gaining. And sometimes the yellows, you know, in, in certain instances didn't really help us, but we still managed to just keep going up and up and up and got a, I'm pretty sure we got a top 10 finish on that race too. And that one to me felt a bit like a sleeper. Like it was a very good race from our side. Uh, so yeah, I would say I would. Didn't you sneak in there with like an eighth or eighth or a ninth or somewhere around there? I, I'm thinking yeah. eighth. I'm pretty sure it was an eighth. But I remember it was like from from the like in the car end, like it was it was a, a lot of fun. Like it was just nonstop. It was like Gateway, but to me it almost felt like it was even more. Like it was like Gateway, but on steroids. <laughs> like it was just so good. Is, is that? The new tire effect that Iowa tends to have, where when you're on new tires, you are two, three seconds quicker than anybody else. Yeah, exactly. Which I actually really enjoyed because it just creates so much interest for strategy. And unfortunately for us, like I said, the yellows, and I remember what I can remember is it didn't really go as as planned like gateway everything planned perfectly for us and that's how we managed to get there when iowa things weren't really going for us and we still managed to just keep going up and up and then we you know we got into that eighth place but yeah, no, it, it was definitely that and i remember having like a a battle with takuma at the end as well at i iowa remember race that too. Yeah. it was like the last couple laps and i remember we were battling battling and our, our tires were just going you know we're, we're i mean we're pushing like crazy tapping each other and so I was like, man, he's just not giving up. And then I remember I was like, man, I have to let him go. Like, I'm not going to have enough tire by the end. So I let him go, and he just kept pushing, pushing. And then, like, three laps to go, his tires just took a dump. <laughs> and I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and managed to, to get him and then uh, pulled away, like, quite a bit on the last two laps and almost got hurt as well. So I really enjoyed Iowa. And it was, like, my first experience of, like, a short oval kind of chaos. And I feel like definitely prepared us going into Gateway. So, one... What's it like battling your teammate on an oval in IndyCar? Is is it a little more scary when it's when it is your teammate? Oh yeah, really <laughs> scary, uh, especially because you got like Ross on the radio being like, "Okay, fifty one, it's Takuma. Please don't do anything stupid. Like we don't want a scene." Um, and and Takuma races hard. Like he he doesn't care. Uh, from my end, I'm like, you know, being more easy with him because it's, you know, teammate Takuma. And I already messed him up at Texas early on in the season. So I was like, I can't. I'm like on, I'm like, you know, s- stepping on a, w- what's like a, a good stepping saying? Stepping on eggshells? I don't know. My, yeah, yeah, there you go. My brain's not <laughs> working. Uh, and so, and he was, I, he was just very aggressive. Uh, and he's very, very good at ovals. So it was definitely a tough battle for, for me to try to make sure that we <laughs> come out clean and, uh, but still try to get the move done. I don't know if you watched uh, the Petit Le Mans race or saw the highlight of the Ganassi cars having their major incident, but yeah, I can imagine that that is probably every driver's worst nightmare. Is like, I'm going to go back to the hauler and have to deal with my teammate and the team owner, probably. Yeah, you want you want to know something that's really bad? So obviously, beginning of the season, not going great. Had the St. Pete issue. Long Beach obviously wasn't great. And then Texas... During the race, Takuma qualified like second or like, I, I, I mean, he was just up there and he was battling for the lead and he comes in for a pit stop and our pits were next to each other. And I was, I was the pit behind him. And then I come out and stall like <laughs> right when he comes in and just completely ruined his race. So that, that was a, uh, oh boy, that was just not good from, from my end. I was like, wow, this is just, yeah. So that was a nightmare for me so you said something earlier it was kind of what i was going to ask but you know around detroit when when things started to click for you you had kind of like an aha moment was was there anything 
Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today. You know, what was it that you liked about the, the the direction you guys were heading where you were like, okay, you know, I have a feel for this now. I know what I want out of the car. Was there anything in particular, you know, looking back on it where you're like, you know what, you need a little bit more, I don't know, whatever that, that makes the car drive how I want it to? I mean, looking back, it was just figuring out what I wanted and trying to relay that information to Ross because, like, Ross was like, okay, what do, you, what do you need from the car? And I was like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know what I need. I don't know what I want, <laughs> especially at the beginning of the season. So Kuma gets the steering wheel. Okay, I want this over here. I want this one over here. We're going to switch these. We're going to make the display this and this. David, what do you want? I was like, well, I don't know. It's, it's good. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't really have no right. idea what I want. And Honda's talking to me, like, how do you want this, this? I was like, I uh, – just default, let's go, it's great. Um, so it was trying to figure out all these tools that you have in IndyCar because there's just so many that I'm not used to and trying to figure out how I can use it to help me, help the team, and try to figure out what's best for me. And that also was progressing throughout the season. And I'd say around that Detroit time was when I was trying to figure that out, but also on the setup end, what I wanted, and then going in that right direction with Ross and Alex and once we found that direction, we just kept picking like different like little rows, and then finally we went down one road. And I remember we found so much time in the practice session. I was like, "Oh my god, let's just let's go like three hundred times in that direction." That was amazing. I don't know what that was, but it was amazing. And so they all smirk, you know, ha ha. Okay, I got this easy. And then because it, it was such a big jump, like in Detroit qualifying, it was amazing. But in practices, we were still kind of how the rest of the season was like kind of mid pack, like with the times, but from practice one to practice two, we made that jump. And then from practice two to qualifying, we made a bigger jump. And then all of a sudden the car was like on rails and then we just, we just had it. So it was kind of all a team collective of 
me figuring out what I want and then giving the information to them. But looking back, I mean, I feel like just we should have just went another like 300 steps in that direction and <laughs> just kept going because uh, we were slowly picking at it throughout the rest of the season. But towards towards the end, I'd say around like Portland, we were definitely tipping it over and uh, we found the limit. Yeah. So now going into the next season, we have a lot of juicy ideas on how to stay in this bubble of direction, but like go at it like in a different angle and just find the sweet spot. So when, when you have limited off-season testing, you know, there's a test coming up soon, but you'll maybe, what, get one day in the car before the year end, and then maybe the preseason tests out in California, and then the season starts. Maybe there's one more mixed in there that I'm already forgetting about, but how do you, how do you find the limit of, okay, listen, we've only got, you know, three, four days on track before the season starts without kind of, you know, totally losing direction? Yeah, so that part is very unfortunate. Um, <laughs> I would really like a lot of testing, and being out of the car for so long is definitely uh, definitely going to affect every single driver. Uh, but, you know, every everybody else is in the same boat, so it's just kind of trying to figure out what way or what direction I can take to make sure that I can be as ready as I can be going into the first test or going into St. Pete. Uh, so, I mean, for me, it's just going to be doing a lot of refresher courses, going through um, data and notes that we took throughout each race right. figuring out which way we went with the setups and what worked for when like oh well when we had this issue we went this way if we had this issue we went that way and trying to use all that to make sure i can still keep it remembered in my head by the time we go into the next season we'll be like oh well last year when we had this issue in portland we did this 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 so we can already start going you know just just to have a head start um, and of course we have honda simulator days making sure that i'm <laughs> sorry <laughs> that that alarm was a little bit late it said get ready for inter- the podcast so uh oops well you know uh, it's, <laughs> you you never can be too ready even in the middle of it so yeah exactly uh but yeah so now i lost a complete track of what i was talking about um so yeah that's that that's the end of that and uh <laughs> there you Frenchy, go, go ahead. i guess i wanted to ask if you'd ever considered doing other kind of racing in the off season. You know, you see a lot of these guys get into sports car racing or I don't know, I guess you see people doing karting. I don't know how much that helps if it's just any seat times, good seat time, but would you ever consider doing something like that? Like get, get into races at Daytona 24 in the future or something? Yeah, I'd love to. I'm just, I'm just waiting for an offer that where I don't pay money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, so I haven't gotten any of those yet, but once they do, I'll definitely do it. Uh, and I mean, like, like you said, any seat time is seat time. Although I think sports car seat time probably doesn't really help too much in anything when it comes to open wheel, but you just at least have time in some sort of car. So it'll help in some direction, but go-karting is definitely a big deal. Uh, I am talking with, uh, different teams and stuff in different races that I might do for like a couple, couple go-kart races here and there. Um, since those are just good for physicality and if, I mean, go-karting is very different, uh, but if anything, it definitely helps with aggression and and making passes and setting people up because in go-karting you can hit people and then it doesn't really matter as much. (laughs) So at least you can, uh, I can work on that sort of things. But yeah, I definitely want to get into some sort of racing in the off season, but just waiting for the offer. All right. You heard it here, guys. Offer. If anybody from from teams is listening to this. Let's go, I don't know, Wayne Taylor, come on, 
make that phone call for Daytona in, in January. Anyway. He's a Cadillac now, right? Aren't they or something? Uh, yeah, that's right. Are they still Acura? So it would have to be a Honda team. Yeah, fair point. Okay, Acura teams. Let's go. I don't remember which team. Other than Shank, I don't remember who the the other Acura car is. Wait, isn't it Wayne Taylor? Because isn't it, they both Must have be. they both both have one car for the two Acura cars. Yeah, you're right. For some reason, they used to be Cadillac. Yeah. So I was like, oh, are they going back to Cadillac? No, it's Ganassi. It's going to be the Cadillac and Action right. Express. Oops. Anyway, now that we've moved past Fl- Frenchie's blubber, uh, or flubber, blubber, blubber. <laughs> I just called Frenchie flat. Ouch. That <laughs> recording. David, uh, so one thing I'm curious about, you know, in the offseason, a lot of athletes, you know, look at game tape and whatnot. Do drivers do similar things, you know, whether it's from a test or from practice or qualifying or actual race footage, just to kind of see what you can pick up on you know, just visually? Sorry, say again? You mean like just yeah, watching you races? Watch, you watch back races that you were in to see if there was something you could do differently. Oh, yeah, 100%. I normally just watch my highlights just because I'm like, yeah, that was a good move. And I just really pat myself <laughs> on the back. Um, but no, no, 100%. Especially like race starts, uh, different uh, scenarios on... I mainly just look at like look back at bad situations that happened and trying to figure out what I could have done to make sure I could get out of it. Because... I mean, you never know. In racing, a lot of those scenarios end up be- being replicated in some sort of similar way. So then in those like fast decision-making moments, you could think back be like, oh, this happened already. I know exactly what to do because I ran 3,000 simulations in my head of different things to try. Kind of like Doctor Strange <laughs> when you're watching a, a playback um, and figuring out that one that works and then you try it. And then, you know, it sometimes still just doesn't work. But then that's you go back in the footage and do it again. But yeah, I, I 100% do it all the time. Uh, I think it's it's very, very helpful in how you can become better as a driver. So what's your anticipation like for the the next season coming up? I imagine, and I think when we talked to you, you were a little bit nervous going into last season just because it was obviously your first in IndyCar. Is that kind of gone now? Is there Are there any nerves going into the next season, or are you just excited to get back in the car? No, I'm so excited. There there are no, no nerves right now. I mean, I'll probably get some nerves like pre-race start in St. Pete like that's just normally what happens when you get back into your first race start again especially St. Pete being like the first race it's a pretty difficult of a track especially that race start going into turn one over all that fresh paint it's still a little bit slippery so it's uh definitely gonna get a little bit nervous then but for right now no I, I I'm nothing but just excited to get back into the car and just uh yeah I don't know play some some music and just you know, show your worth, kind of like that type of <laughs> vibe, that feeling that I'm, I'm going for. That ridiculous song with, ten, with the one that's called Temper that you sent me. It, Temper, uh, yeah, came up in exactly. my gym playlist. It's, it's Conor McGregor just screaming yeah. at you. So, <laughs> really, kind of scared, scared the hell out of me. I was, I was at the gym and I was like, just like bebopping along, and all of a sudden, like I have like some Irish guy screaming in my ears. Hey, but I don't know about you, but it makes me do that extra. It rap, got me. So. Listen, it woke me up, and I definitely needed that this morning. But yeah, what was I gonna say? So you know, Detroit, you had your first Fast Six appearance, and then this year we go to downtown Detroit instead of Belle Isle. Are you kind of bummed out just because it was you know that was your kind of weekend where things started to click? Yeah, I mean, because it's. 
it's yeah it was it, it went well for us and looking at the history DCR has always <laughs> succeeded there so it kind of feels a little bit unfortunate that now we're like as soon as after I have one good performance we're moving away from it but I guess in some ways it feels kind of nice you know I can look over and I could just be like wow like that was where my <laughs> my first successful race happened like just right over there and then it's never really touched again Wait, who knows I, we might go back yeah. in the future but um it's uh i don't know it's kind of like a yeah it sucks because we we were very good there i would like to just keep that on the schedule but at the same time it's kind of like a a good memory so the the new detroit course and i know frenchie and i've talked about this a few times has a i mean at least it's been on the what i think is a split pit lane what do you think about a split pit lane where for those who are wondering what i'm talking about part of it is on the on the left for the pit boxes the other part is on the right or other pit boxes, and then there's track in the middle. So, could that? What do you think? I mean, it's uh, it's definitely interesting. It's I've I've never drove in yeah. that type of scenario where it has a split pit lane. I've never done that before. Um, I mean, as long as. I guess one if if one side is better than the other, I just hope we get the good <laughs> side. That's like all I'm going for. Uh, but I don't think it'll affect it too much. It's just going to be interesting the way it's going to be set up on the straightaway, like knowing when somebody's pitting. Like, let's say you're go- running up on a pass. Like, how do you know if they're pitting or, or blocking yeah. if it's on both sides? So I, that's, I, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I can't. I, I don't have much to say because I've never tried it. So you, 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 you ask me, you know, after the weekend, <laughs> and I, I'm either going to be like, wow, that was so bad. It was, oh, my God. Or I'm going to be like, yeah, it was actually kind of cool. Like, I don't yeah, know I, don't, I, I don't know if I like it or I don't like it because as far as I can remember, I've never seen it before. So I, I don't really know what to think other than it's different and I know I'm not smart enough to have a real opinion on it. I mean, I think you'll be good for photos. Sure. I think yep. that'll look cool. But that's all I'm going for. That's, that's, that's all I know. Fair enough. I really hope we end up talking about something else, like at that race, that that's not the focus point. But I wanted to just ask you real quick because I know we missed um, schedules, kind of not worked, didn't work out after. How did your uh, 21st birthday go? Can we uh, talk about that on the, on the air? Was everything uh, fun? Oh yeah, no, it was good. So on my actual on my on the actual birthday day. Uh, my family just came over and we just had like a nice little cake celebration. But then on the weekend, you know, we went out, had a, had a nice Chicago experience, uh, went to a few different places and just went with friends. Uh, sister came as well. So no, it it was a very cool experience. Uh, very nice. Got to experience the Chicago nightlife. So I feel so goddamn old right now. I have nothing to add. <laughs> I was going to ask what kind of, I don't know, what drink you tried that you liked, if you had anything that stood out to you. Uh, I, well, I didn't really have any uh, any <laughs> mixtures of sorts. Um, it was more just uh, straight to the point oh, okay. type of scenario. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not about the taste. I got you. Mm-hmm. I remember those days. There was nothing special. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last time... The last time I went out, which is when Frenchie was here, I was hungover for like four days afterwards. So that's why it's been, what, that was like three months ago, Frenchie? That's why it's been three months. 
Yeah, David has a long time till he gets to that point. Yeah. I'm not even fully there yet, but it definitely you, you slow down a little bit as you get through your twenties. At least yeah. I felt like it. Well, I mean, in the group that I was with, like everybody was definitely on the older side, and the next day everybody was like very worn out, and I was just like perfectly <laughs> fine. <laughs> so they were all laughing at me. Uh, yep. So, yep, it was a good experience. Fair enough. All right, we'll wrap it up with I don't know one more each. Frenchie, if you have anything looking ahead to 2023 and you know the schedule is essentially the same obviously i guess detroit is a different track and the second indianapolis road course race has moved back a couple weeks but is there anyone where whether you did good or bad you are like super excited to get another chance at like one that's just other than other than Long Beach, where we kind of talked about earlier, kind of making up for for lost time last year, just one that you're you know listen, we're coming in here and we're we're go, we're getting a top five at minimum. Uh, well, I'm I'm really excited for Road America. I don't know if we're gonna get a top yeah. five there, but uh, one one I do feel like we we you could say like oh we'll get a top five would be Iowa. Um, and going into Iowa, I was, you know, we went for the test, and I was like, mm, I don't know if I really like this place. But, man, after the race weekend, especially what Hyvie did to the actual facility was amazing. Yeah. And the actual racing was amazing. So Iowa is honestly one of the highlights for next season. I'm very excited, and I think we have a good opportunity. I know our car is very good on ovals, so that is one I'm very excited for. Um, and, of course, we could also do a basic answer of the 500, you know. I, I think that answer should be outlawed <laughs> on podcasts only because it's it's too easy. It's and I get it. It's yeah. just too easy. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I mean, uh, that should just be like automatic. Right, it's a given. Already, yeah, it's yeah. So just there. you brought up Road America, and that got me thinking that they're currently going through a repave, which, if you're so inclined, can be live streamed on their website. If you have that, much, <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah, you, I'm not. You can watch that. They're they're they have like two or three cameras around the track <laughs> that you can watch it. Wait. Literally, watch wait, is it like already live? Oh, yeah. Or like, when it's, does it go live? It's, it's been live, live right for now. like a week and a half, I think. I I clearly haven't told Frenchie oh, about it because that, it's just. I really. I'll find the link. I'll see if I can amazing. find the link. Yes, please send me the link. I'm going to do like a little social media post. Just be like, just enjoying a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> just, just watching. The yeah, I think there's America. one, like, uh, there's a camera, like, on top of the building where the media center is in, kind of overlooking the 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 front. And then there's one a camera. I think it's in turn five. I don't remember, but it's kind of like down towards a lower elevation point. Anyway, how did you find that? How did you find? I, that? I have a lot of time on my hands some days. <laughs> <laughs> Road America. Pavement. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember exactly. But so Road America repave. What? How do you think the track will be afterwards? Are you excited? Are you a little bit like, well, you know, the the worn in surface was pretty fun to drive on there because i know I've, I've heard mixed opinions on it so far yeah i don't know i think it added a little bit of characteristic you know with the the way the track surface was um but i'm i'm kind of excited because it was kind of getting to the point where it was a, on the bumpy side of, of things so i don't know i think it'll be a, a, a good taste a good like kind of refresh of of a track that i've always loved but i honestly i'm looking on the the brighter side i i actually think i'm more in the I think this is cool. Side right now, there are two trucks in turn five driving away from turn five back up to turn four. I have already Breaking found the link. News. Wow, 
You heard it here first, guys. I, I, there's there is a there are three cameras: a weather camera over the front stretch, the VIP tower paddock camera where you can actually see. It looks like the front stretch has already been repaved and turn five. For those who have no time on their hands and want to look at it, I'll text it to both you guys. If you, I like you said you're going to text it to us after you just said for anybody with no time on their hands. Yeah. So I mean, I know you guys have a lot going on, but maybe some other people like listener of the show, Cody, I know Cody has too much time on his hands and will probably watch this. I just found a way to throw somebody under the bus before we end the episode. <laughs> but Cody can, so as riveting Cody can handle as it. that might be. Uh, well, yeah, I feel, I mean, some people are going to enjoy that, I guess. Right. I don't know. They had to be doing it for some reason. Can you see how many people are watching it right now? Does it show that? Let me... Is it just one in you? <laughs> it does not say. Pro- but probably. The Road America website is trying to send me a customer service request. Hi, can we help you with anything? Yes, I have nothing to do on a Monday afternoon. <laughs> can you switch you... the camera? Please? <laughs> yeah, can you move the camera? <laughs> can you show me Canada Corner, please? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Frenchie, wrap it up. All right, so I guess we've kind of had this recurring theme of talking about TV with you on the show, and rather than suggesting that people watch Road America paving, um, I'm sure you have some maybe more interesting recommendations for the offseason for us or for the fans listening for us to check out. Oh, I do. Oh, I have one. Woo! Okay, so um, I it's it's actually an anime. I don't know if, if people, if, you know, anime, I know, yes. I'm not much of an anime viewer, but I will tell you this show is incredible. It is my top three favorite. I've just watched it recently, and it is the Cyberpunk Edgerunners on Netflix. Everybody needs to go watch that, like, right now. It is incredible. The ending, I mean, I was in tears on this flight back home. I, I was, like, sobbing in the corner. It was... Wow. An emotional roller coaster. 100% need to go watch it. It's beautiful. All right. I did see you post about that the other day. Yes, and it is so good. So you guys need to watch it. There's only 10 episodes. I think they're like 25 minutes. So it's not too long. And I'm telling you, you'll come out of the other side like a, a new person. I might have to check out my first anime. I've never watched one before. Me either. Yeah, so, but yeah, just go into it. Because in the beginning, you're like, mm, I don't know, this isn't really my vibe. But, like, after you get past, like, the first or second episode, it is very good. Um, and I think it has spiked, at least for me, a lot of interest into the whole anime world. Because it, that show was just amazing. So, highly recommend Cody Ware is a big, NAS, uh, big NASCAR fan, obviously, because he races it. He's a big <laughs> anime fan. <laughs> All right, yeah. Cool. All right, well, David, thanks for the time. Good luck. Uh, safe travels on, on the test this week. Hope everything goes well for the team. And we will talk to you again at some point during. Awesome. All right. Talk to you guys then. Thank you for having me. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Colby Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. <laughs>